I wanted to talk about something we, we discussed uh, like a month ago, so about praying for the sick. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, I thought that I was going to talk about today, but really I did that already a month ago, even though I didn't remember. But uh, the, so I wanted to put it just focus more, first of all, on, the, on two things, which we'll only get to one today. One is the Mishaber prayer, um, um, exactly what that is, and some guidelines for it, and also, and eventually, I guess, in the future, we'll get to when you should not pray for the sick. There are cases, let's say, someone's terminally ill, where there's no chance they're going to be healed, or they're suffering. What about in those cases? What do we pray? Do we pray they should die? Are you allowed to pray they should die? Are you allowed to pray... um, Can you ask that they get better, even though there's no chance they're terminally ill? What are are the cases where you don't pray for the sick? Okay, so that's what I... Does refuah shleima include dying for the terminally ill? No, well, refuah means healing, so that's a problem. Well, that's the healing right. part. Then. Right, so that's a problem. And it's almost in a certain sense it could be, and we'll get there in the class. In nine states, shav. It's a false I prayer. Certain you know, you can, we don't, exactly we discussed uh, like a year or two ago, and, and also 14 years ago, that uh, you don't, we can't, you can't pray a false prayer. You can't pray f- for history. You can't, uh, you know, back to the future. It doesn't work like that. So if someone is terminally ill where there's literally no chance of them getting healed, the doctor says, uh, you know, they're, they're, and in that situation, it's prohibited to pray for them to be healed. But we'll, we'll talk about that at a later time. So I, today I wanted to focus on the Misha Berach. Um, so first of all, I want to get something off my shoulders I have a beef about, which is these shuls seem to have, uh, Misha Berach has become like the sole focus point of the whole service, and they spend like 45 minutes going through like every uh, godfather's uncles, aunts, and you know, great-grandfather who's dead for a long time. They're still on the Mishabarach list. And then their pets <laughs> and their, and their, you know, now they pray for the dogs and their cats and whoever else. They're, they're you know, uh, whatever it is. And there's a lot of uh, extra stuff going on there, which was really not meant for it. Really a Mishabarach. First thing is, it's 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 only it's only like a bidiever. It's a means meaning really you're not supposed to pray for the Elon Shabbos because people usually end up in Shul and Shabbos. That's the time everyone's there, so they instituted this, and not everyone's happy about it. That's number one. But the number two is really every day in Shul right? Um, as we know, three times a day, you, if you pray three times a day, there is a bracha refainu, which over there and specifically in many sederim, there's a place you're supposed to put in. You're a patient that you're aware of and pray for them personally. The Misha Berach list is something where, I mean, I, I think it's just a problem because I've been to shows where your rabbi had like literally, you know, like a book. And you, what's even more depressing is they have the names are crossed out. So you don't know if they died already or are they just, they or are they better? better? <laughs> like it's a little depressing to look at his face. You see like 50% of the people, assuming died. I don't know what I, so it's a little. Um, but it, it's it's become so crazy in shuls. So many shuls instituted now, and we try in our shul we push it, which is that you don't. Uh, you know, everyone just says it. Meaning the rabbi says the mishabach and he pauses, and everyone inserts the names by themselves. So this way, it's a it's a it's a you know thirty second pause for the names, and you're done. Because otherwise, it's endless. You know, just if you have to hear, I was just asking the rabbi to do it here. They mm-hmm. goes down, and he goes to each person. So, like, you know, you could check the scores in between and... It takes 10 you know, to 15 minutes in the chapel, of yeah, the yeah, it's ridiculous. Saying, so there's, there's a concept in Allah called Tircha de Tibur, which means you're not supposed to um, bother the community. Meaning, listen, you have... Instead, if it's people that we know in the show or someone from the show, of course we should say a prayer for them. It's no question. But if it's someone's, you know, uh, 15th cousin and they get a list from the Internet and they download it every week and then... Uh, 
and uh, you know, and then someone else comes in there, and you know, it's just, it just gets out of hand. There's no reason that the whole community has to be praying for people they don't know. Listen, there's sick people all over, especially if you're a doctor. Like you told me, you used to bring a list of your right. patients. Right. So why should I delay my challenge because you have a lot of sick patients? Good topic. I'm, just I'm saying it's, it. it's it's, and that's not my topic. It's just the beef I'm trying to get off my oh, okay. as a as a rabbi. It's a rabbi beef I have. Um, but what I'm saying is so. The, there's a real thing called Terchot Yitzibur. You're not supposed to do anything that will delay the service. For um, obviously, prayers is a good reason. But again, I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with praying for the sick. You're supposed to pray for the sick. It's obligatory to pray for the sick. Um, but again, your personal sick people that you know, not for everyone's third cousin and, and their aunt Terry and uncle Harry. Right. People I know, whether they're Jewish or yeah, I mean, the, uh, honestly, the wording of the Mishaberach is betoch shar chole ame Yisrael. So we, the prayer was made for Jewish, the sick of the Jews. But again, it's really for people you know. If you know someone who's not Jewish, of course you should pray for them and you care about But I'm saying, I don't know the wording. You might have to change the wording in the Mishaberach if it's doing public, because the wording specifically says, very racist wording, it says betoch shar chole ame Yisrael, amongst the other sick people of Israel. So if you're going to include non-Jews, just either include in your personal prayer or have the rabbi change it, change the language. But and if people ask you to put someone to pray for someone, they're not coming to shul, but they want you to. So again, you, you, three times a day, there's prayers. You could say prayers for the sick anytime. There's nothing special about mm-hmm. praying on Shabbos for a sick person. Custom became again because and it's more of it's a lot of it's an American thing because all Americans come to shul on Shabbos. The only time they're doing anything Jewish is Saturday. So that's like the focal point. That's why Saturday morning became. Well, actually, some some Jews do come more than. Yes, I mean you're speaking to. Some Jews, yes, 100%. I am. Four of us here. And where did this Debbie Friedman thing come from? That's another. Every most of every day. The Debbie Friedman Misha Barak song. It's uh, it's very important, clearly. Okay, so anyway, that's a, that's the beef. Meaning, they, I, when I was in Israel, there was yeshiva down. They had a weekly mishabach list. That means you put it on every Saturday night. They threw out the list. You want to put? No, it's meaning it's another problem because in essence, and gets back to this point we made before. You you could be doing a tefillah shav. Half the people on that list either died already or got healed. They're better. Meaning, and and also people put on. You know, like we're saying, for most, you know, their kid has a, you know, a kid got a cold. Kid has a uh, you know ear infection, so they put him on the mishmerach list. It's another important thing which we won't get into today, maybe, but it's an important topic is defining what a hole is. I think we did address in the past. You need to define what illness is. No, it's all your kid has an ear infection. That's a good thing. I don't know, but well, it's good because Ron makes money. Anyway. But I'm saying, but it's also it's good because God made the world. The kids get sick around 20 times a year. That's part of. Think God instilled that it builds up their immune system, whatever it is. But it's not a, that's not called an illness. When your kid has a cold, you don't put him on a mishmerach or anyone for that matter. If it's someone who it's a chronic illness or it's a something that is a serious illness, which again, uh, and again, the details are funny, but at least um, many say that the shulchan aruch defines illness. Let's say when it comes to um, gomel or other things, we're defining illness. You need to wake up. Samnia is um, is uh, is at least. You, you're in bed for three days. Anything less than that is not, you know, I have a migraine headache. It's not an illness. You know, that's okay. I feel bad. And have you had it. a migraine headache? No, I'm just saying it's not, it's not, it's, I'm not saying yes. Pain, and that's, pain is, is a terrible thing. I'm not downplaying it. What I'm saying is when you're praying for someone who's ill, ill has to be defined. What's an ill, what's a patient? 
What's an ill patient? What's an illness? An illness, so in halachic terms, at the minimum is three days in bed. If you're, I mean, it doesn't mean you have to be in bed. I mean, I'm saying if I took off from work today and I'm, because wa- I'm watching uh, reruns, you know, I'm walking around the house and I'm painting my house, even though because I, I took off because I'm not feeling so well, that's not an illness. You know, you're not going to put the guy in the mishabarach list, is what I'm saying. If someone's in the hospital for observation, in other words, they may not be sick, but they had chest pains and they're rule out of my, a heart attack. I mean, is that so you listen, pray for then them? you want to pray for them that they sh- shouldn't get sick. So there is, and um, listen, prayer. But it's not a mishabarach. So they're not really sick. Yeah, right. No, it's prayer. There is a kind of prayer to prevent illness also. I can mm-hmm. pray to God, keep me healthy. That's fine. But when you're putting, when you're calling someone ill, you're putting them on the Mishabarach list, that means you're defining them as ill. Mm-hmm. So what I'm saying is there has to be a threshold because otherwise, like I said, it's endless. You know, every time a guy, every guy comes in to come in, put their ear infection, the kid who has an ear infection on the, on the Mishabarach. It's another hour in shul. You, you won't come home until <laughs> 3 o'clock in the afternoon. So clearly, they, you know, it's the, there has to be guidelines and whatever reason it's gotten out of hand so that's uh that's just uh, getting things off my chest we talked about saying a mishabara for somebody who doesn't know they're sick yet how is somebody you think I is sick? To, what is and you know the doctor and you know that oh. the person happens to have a bad disease, but you yeah, so he hasn't come back for his follow-up well, Okay, so that's yet. for sure. He's sick. The fact that he doesn't know. Many times, like we discussed, sometimes you, you don't always tell the patient um, if they're, you know, they might be, uh, or, you know, so that's, that's a good point. That, that's irrelevant. If the person is sick, we need to pray for him. He's sitting in shul and doesn't know he's sick. And the right, so that's another issue. You once brought that up, confidentiality. You have to be careful when you say the names and when you get to that in a second. Uh, because you know, sometimes someone might not know, uh, doesn't want to publicize. So that's an interesting point because that's the concept comes from how you doing. There's room here. Save your seat. The concept of uh, of praying for someone, as we discussed, I think a month ago, maybe I remember, is that the Gemara says that you're supposed to publicize it. It's based. There's two psukim seem to imply that one is by Mitzora. It says. Torah says in Mitzvah, "Tami Tami Yekra." He's supposed to announce um, that he's that he uh, he's he's ill. He announced "Tami Tami," and it's a big question what that means. So the simple interpretation is it's an infectious disease, or right, or Mitzvah, or, or that's what, whatever it is. But yeah. but either way, it could be infectious. So you have to let people know it's infectious. People should you know stay away. If someone doesn't inoculate their kids, then you need it. Kids can't play with them, right? So that's um, that's one thing. The other thing is, uh, Gemara says that it's you need to announce when someone's ill because people should pray. For them. But again, it actually says only after three days. You only it's only after they're ill for three days. That's the guideline. Come then you now then then you pray for you start announcing it that the community should pray for them. Um, less than that, it's listen. A guy has a cold. It's using most most viruses go away after 24, 36 hours, right? Even without. Uh, Without um, you know, without any care. So until three days, the Gemara brings a story with uh, the rabbis might be on the sheet here that you don't uh, publicize it. After three days, then you publicize. It. Okay, so so that's as far as the, again. There's there's a few topics here. There's one is my beef. Number two is defining illness, which is a really a, I wasn't planning on discussing that today. Maybe in a different a different time. Um, but today I want to focus more on the mishabarach. Um, so. Let's see what I got here. One second. Oh, this is what I was saying mentioned before. There's another problem. Is if you leave the, you have this list that goes week to week. I was telling. You, I was in a yeshiva in Israel where every week they would throw out the list on Saturday night. You have because they don't want to rely that person might have gotten better on the list. They want to end up this 20-page list. So many people get better and many people don't get better. 
both of them need to be taken off the list. Right, so if you, you have the same list, which many rabbis do, I'm saying like for the last five years and it's yellow and you come into the shul and you, uh, I know that at that point I gotta take out a book off the shelf and start reading it. Right, so, so the point one second, so now many times you'll have someone who either might have died or has gotten better, better. So at that point it becomes tefillah shav almost. As we're saying, there's a prohibition to pray um, for a, f- a false prayer. If the person's not alive, you're basically saying God's name in vain to a certain extent. Or you're, if someone's better, so what are you doing here? You're making a joke out of the prayer. So that's another reason why you need to have, should be a weekly list if you're going to have a list at all. So I think it's better not to have any list, but if you're going to have a list, get it after every after every Shabbos, start a new list. This way if the person comes in again and says, yeah, it's still not better, okay. But if the point is then you don't end up with all these cross-outs and, and people who, and you're praying almost a false prayer. If you look here on the sheet, I think the Chassam Sofer says, meaning the question is, the Chassam Sofer says, the Maril says, a fascinating thing, that you now even pray for someone in a different city in those days, before they had Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, so you had no idea. If the, you heard this, this uh, relative in the next city, you know, 400 miles away, is, is ill. So I'm going to start praying for them. He says he can't do that. Not everyone. It's a controversial statement. He says, because you don't know. They might have died already. They might have gotten better. So when you're praying, your prayer is a, could be a false prayer. And we don't pray false prayers. You talk to God. God only has time. He doesn't have time for, uh, you know, like false prayers. So that's one aspect. But also you're not supposed to pray for a miracle. If the guy's dead, then you're praying for a resurrection. That's a different problem. A different religion. So... I'm saying is, what do you, you, prayer is a very important concept. You believe you're talking to God. So you can't start including, you know, okay, this guy, you know, it's meaning you, the guy might be well, right? You have no idea. Did he die? Did he? So don't pray for something which you have no idea what you're praying about, says the Maril. Again, not everyone agrees with him, so, but the Psalm self quotes it here, and the sheet is number five. He says, we assume that an ill person is alive. So he disagrees. He says, Meaning, because the Gemara discusses this, what do I have to assume? Uh, let's say about a woman getting remarried. The husband got sick in a different uh, country, a different city. Uh, or he sent, his husband sent a uh, get, okay, let's say to his wife in a different place in those days where they didn't have communication. So the question the Gemara discusses at length, what happens? Do we assume she's a good, meaning that he's still alive? He, he was only giving the get because he's sick, let's say. And by the time the get reaches, it could take three months to get there overseas. Right. Maybe the guy died already, so... So, so the Gemara says, everyone has what's called a cheskas chayim. You could assume a person is still alive. Okay, even Rov Cholim it says, it says, uh, um, even I think the Gemara I believe says even Rov Cholim are chayim still get better. Most people get ill, get better. Right, obviously depends on the disease. You know, some diseases not, but. Uh, but I, I don't know if you could say it's most diseases. Uh, I don't know the numbers. But I'm saying ma- many diseases, if you take together all ill people in those days, they couldn't identify the disease. So most, the majority of people who get sick get better. They don't die. So therefore, says the Talmud, we could assume that the guy is still alive. Okay? So, so that's why the Chassam Sofer doesn't like Maril. He's saying... Well, the majority of people overwhelmingly do die. Yes, everyone dies, but again, <laughs> yeah. but we don't assume just the person uh, died recently. The question is, ah. you're right, in general, majority of people die. <laughs> yes. I thought there was something when someone's lost at sea or if they're in a military battle, then you assume that actually they did die. If it's past a certain period of time. Yes, so there, yeah, there are cases. So the there the road uh, is the other way. No, that's because again, they, because they, people lost at sea usually die. But yeah, I, thought different, also subcategory. Battle, I thought also in battle that if they went off I don't, I don't remember but it also depends on if it's called Maim Shen Lam Sof is there 
what type of body of water it is, and there's whole different rules about it. So, uh, it was very, very relevant, like Aguna, for the Aguna question. Right. right, that's right. If somebody's getting better, at what point in his getting better do you stop saying Amisha better? That's an excellent question. Um, in so the same vein, especially now that you have so many old people with chronic disease that wax and wane. Right. And this on my list, I mean, it's a problem. I got people. Right. So again, so not I'm not even sure. That's well, that's we'll discuss next week. Which I'm not even better. sure you can pray for someone with a chronic disease because what are you praying for? Meaning, again, if it's not healable, meaning something, it's a let's say someone has some disease which is not, uh, you know, diabetes. So let's say it's not it's not going to get healed. It doesn't get better. Maybe diabetes does. My mother claims she doesn't have it anymore. I don't believe her. <laughs> but, uh, God doesn't but, uh, do chronic disease. <laughs> no, no, meaning so the question over there, the prayer is not to heal them. The prayer, as we're gonna, we'll discuss next. That's next week's topic. Or okay. two weeks, which is some things you shouldn't pray for. You can't pray if someone has something that the doctor says no chance of healing. So you can't pray for it to be healed. It means you're praying for a miracle. We don't pray for miracles. That's another. So but getting back to your question of when do you take a ball of the Mishra, it's a good question which I saw someone discuss. I don't remember the answer offhand. So I'll have to look it up again. Um, okay. But uh, so the keep asking until you tell me. Okay. <laughs> and then we'll forget and ask again. So he says like this. So the Chassam Sofer in Gittim 28a, discussing, he writes, Maril wrote that one should not bless a chola when not in the same city, because shh, listen, listen, because you don't know if he has died or gotten better, which would render it a false prayer. Others disagree because he has a chazaka for being alive. As we're saying, most people are alive. Sometimes not in shul if you're a rabbi during the sermon. That's a relative statement. Yes, very relative. I, I find that yes. because of my age. Yes, but again, we don't just go with people your age. We're going. Uh, are going to get better. No, no, we didn't I, say that. I'm still alive. We didn't say that. say that. We said that most people are alive. Okay. You, you most, said people most people get are better. still alive. And Yes, if you if look you at ask, all illnesses... If you're talking you know, about 20 years. I understand, but we don't go like that. Okay, I hear, hear your point. It's a very valid point. Talking about you want to hear my answer? It's a very valid point. The, the point that I'm saying is in general going all the population as a whole. We don't start segregating the population by age. It doesn't work like that. So in, words, in generally speaking, that's the way we're saying most people who get sick in the world get, do get better. Well, yeah. More of the point. The people that you put on your Mishabarach list are alive. I mean, that's when more of the point. They start <laughs> off alive. So you shouldn't assume that they got dead because they were, the last you knew of it, they were alive. Yes, that's what the Chassam Sof is saying. Again, the Maril disagrees. So the Chassam Sof and other disagree because they have Chazaka for being alive, but not for being sick, a status which changes all the time. So now, again, even that, that's what, to answer your question, he's really addressing your point, is that even being sick, is something like you said, it wanes and waxes. People get sick, they get out, they're not sick, next week they're sick again. Right? So so that in itself that changes. So I, I can't I can't make any assumptions just because someone was sick last week that he's sick this week. Or that he's you know maybe alive he's saying there is a chazaka for being alive, but there's not a chazaka for being sick. So just because he was on last week's Misha Barak list doesn't mean I could pray for him today, says some sort of status which changes all the time. Most ill people get better, as, as we say. When in doubt concerning one's well-being, we are lenient to allow prayer. So if you're not sure, so we do pray for them again, but you don't want to get it, let it get out of hand. One is considered ill after three days of affliction, as we mentioned, so that's important. So okay? if a guy, and this has happened, an orthopedic surgeon at Methodist was in an accident, he's quadriplegic now. 
How long do you keep them on the list? No, because what do you pray for? Again, you, you can't well, become cure as quadriplegic. Ex- well, initially, hey, sometimes you can, but, but... Yeah, I'm saying, so then why is that list? I so pray for so why you get an acute complication the first few oh, months. When that, again, you can I mean, pray... That's, it's your question. So that's next week's question. One second. So that's mm-hmm. next week's question. Again, that's next week's topic, which is we'll discuss when what you should pray for and, yeah. and when not to pray. And when you're not a millionaire before he dies, <laughs> right? Exactly. You pray that he doesn't have suffering. There's other prayers. We'll okay. get to that next. How come every day we pray? But put him on the mishmerach list would be a problem because then you're asking for a food. This guy can't be healed. That's wrong. Yeah. You need to cross him off. So why yeah. do we pray mechayeh all the time? No, we're not praying We're not. We're not asking God. We're saying God is the resurrector of the dead. We're not asking oh, for we're it. Not asking. This is the praise. Statement of fact. Yes. Or of so faith. why shouldn't we ask yes. for it? If he, if he can do it, why shouldn't we ask for it? I know, because he will. It's only in the end of days. He doesn't do it just for anyone uh, unless you're a certain. So pray for the end of days. Unless your mother's a virgin. Okay. I'm ask you whether it is in the Torah. Okay, that's a good question. No, no answer. Okay, so uh, now let's get to Mishmerach. Um, so, so there's another issue that I'd like to focus on just to finish off the class. Um, is... What's interesting about the Mishabach is that it's we use the mother's name, not the father. Right? You hear this? What's your mother's name? Lefkowitz. Okay. <laughs> um, so we use the mother's name, not the father. So and the question why? is the question is why? Um, meaning, in, as we know, many th- first of all, in many things we go usually for an aliyah, things like that. Usually, in your what's called gichus issues, um, genealogy, we go after the father. Your tribe is the father. Right, your Kohen Levi Israel. Specifically here, all of a sudden, when it comes to praying for the ill, we s- the Gemara seems to imply we use um, the mother's name. It's based on a Gemara. Uh, Gemara and and um, the Gemara says, "Put it in here." Um, so you have to trust me on that one. The Gemara does say that uh, when someone gets ill, you pray Ploni by Ploni. Look, the Gemara is. Um, in Shabbos, it says uh, it says a story there. And it says Dafka uh, Nuket Ploni Ben Plonit. That means John Doe, the son of Jane Doe. Okay. So, so what's specific? Why here do we use the mother? So I found this morning after I realized the last week's class I gave already. Um, I found that there's five reasons as to why we we use the mother's name. Okay, some are, and uh, some of them are interesting, some of them are sexist, some are not, some are racist, but we're fine with that. Um, we are, uh, so the go- so five reasons that I found, so actually I have seven here, sorry, seven reasons that I found, I thought I found five. It says one is, um, and this is all based, I found this in this morning, and I, ch- and I happened to discover this, a response from Radio Yosef, where he discusses the question. Someone asked him, he said, Nishalti b'mashinogim mitpalel. Um, this that this that we are accustomed to pray imo in the name of the mother and not in the name of the father is it just better to do that is it insistence you have to use the mother's name if you don't know the mother's name don't pray for them and the reason what's the reason behind it and also when we usually you know, like we do a kelmale um, we use the father's name is that specific also? So I'm not going to get into that because that's. I'm not talking about dead people, I'm talking about live people. 
so he says, so anyway, there's seven reasons here that, uh, that I found, not only in him and other places. So he says like this, he says, um, one is, this is, this is, Sam Sofer seems to say this, he says, and this is a fascinating thing, which we've mentioned before, honestly speaking, if we really want to be honest with us, with ourselves in society, we never know who the daddy is. The daddy is never a sure thing. Today we have DNA testing. But uh, prior to, to the over-the-counter Walgreens kit of DNA testing, it's only around for like four, four years now, five years. So you never really know the daddies. It could be the mailman, it could be the bus driver, um, right? So the rabbi. What? <laughs> rabbi, whatever. I go there. So, um, so, so the, the only way... Now the mother is very clear. Cause she was in the hospital, she gave birth, saw the baby come out. So there's no question as to the mother. The father is always... What? Unless you're adopted. Okay, that's a, so again, that's a different issue. I'm saying, but generally speaking, in a normal birth, um, we know the mother is, that's very clear. It's 100% clear. The father, who's my daddy, as the billboard says on 610, who's your daddy? For $10, you can find that. Um, so, so how do we normally know, it's just interesting, how do we know that normally who the father so, so, so the reason is, so therefore, since we're never sure who the daddy is, we're always sure the mother is. Says the Chsam Sofer, so when you're praying for an ill person, you want to get the name, you want to be clear um, who we're talking about. So you want as much clarity as possible, therefore, says you use the mother name. The mother's name. Aliyah, you don't care if you get it accurate. Yeah, I'm saying Aliyah is just, Aliyah is just the way to call mother. As a matter of fact, Sephardim don't even call a person up by name. They just say Yamod, Sheni, Yamod, Shlishi, Yamod, Kohen, Lady. Um, because, uh, actually, because the Gemara says if someone's called, the reason why they do it, like the Gemara says if someone's called up for an Aliyah and they don't come up, it's a very bad omen. What? Bejeebies. But right after their so, aliyah, don't they have a mishabarach for them? Yes, yeah, so again, but it's not for ill. When it's someone's no, seriously ill... but they call them by their Hebrew name based on their father. Yes, yes. And in that case, again, they don't care about being accurate. Right, yes. It's sort of sloppy. No, no. At the Torah, you're no. sloppy, but I mean, later you're not. Yes, I'm explaining. I'm, I'm explaining. Oh, okay. When it comes to illness, we don't want to play around. Someone is, is deathly ill. We're going to make sure... You want to make sure you're getting it exactly right. The Torah? In general genealogy, the Torah says you go by the Father. That's clear in the Torah. So that's, that's why the question... Clear. This is the exception. Yes. That's So when we talk about genealogy, we're we okay can't argue with the Torah. Clear. One second. We can't argue with the Torah. The Torah says you try... The I'm explaining it. Yeah. Not, I'm telling you, when the Torah says very clearly, the Shevet goes by the Father. So your identity is based on your Father. Which is questionable. That's, that's what the Torah says clearly. Now, what we're saying is, but when we're praying for someone who's on their deathbed, we don't want to, we want to make sure that it's clear who we're going like. So you're right, you we're not going to argue in the The logic doesn't quite work. Right, there's no, six the other logic reasons. logic works very well. There's six other reasons. One second, the logic works quite well. That's why there's a response I'm discussing. Why is this different? You just said that we're raising it to a level of preciseness. Yes. Right? Exactly. Meaning, when I say you're a Kohen or a Levi, it's not precise. 100%. But the Torah tells me that's the way it goes. It goes by the Father's genealogy. So I can't choose, argue. We we, most Jews process. cannot argue on the Torah. We don't argue on the Torah. Okay, that's fact. The question is, you're right, that's why there's a question. Why by Mishabach, all of a sudden, do we change the whole, the whole way we pray? Different than what the Torah usually states. We always go with the Father and everything else because the Torah says that. All of a sudden here, we're going with the Mother. That's the question. And so the answer so, was to so be more one answer is, one answer is because when it comes to someone's Safi Pikoch Nefesh, we're praying for someone who's deathly ill, we don't want to take any chances, and therefore we're going to pray in this manner. That's what we're saying. So Are I think there it makes any other a lot prayers of sense. 
that are elevated in the same manner because you want to be sure you absolutely get it right. Are there any other prisons well, in the Mission Barrow? This is it. Yeah, I mean, that's that's exactly why this, that's yeah, this is the only one. one. That's that's reasons. Okay, we're getting there. <laughs> in a rush. So it, it, yeah, it's it's the only one. Regard. It's unique, exactly. That's why it's a question. Torah says very clearly, you go with the Father when it comes to genealogy. All of a sudden here, we're using the mother. That is the question. So, so number one. So now, by the way, so interestingly enough, the Chassam Sofer says he doesn't like it um, because... That's Ron in a previous incarnation. One second. First of all, so there's two things. One is women all the time. One second. So there's, so there's a few like. issues with this answer besides Ron's. Is that for one, it's what's called uh, the Ben Yoyot says he doesn't like it because it's a zilzil for the father, meaning like you're basically saying you're calling, you're praying for the guy and children. You're saying we're not sure who his daddy is. That's a, it's not it's really dissing the dad. <laughs> it's called dissing the dad. So he says like, why would you want to do that publicly? You know, basically you're stating publicly we're not 100 percent sure who the daddy is. Therefore, we're going to pray. So that's not a nice thing. Generally, he says that's number one. Number two is, so it's an interesting thing. I saw the, actually, Yosef talks about this. He says, so how do we, generally speaking, it's, well, it's a good question. The Torah says the genealogy goes after the dad. So how do we, how does that work, halakhically? If we're never sure the daddy is, it might be the mailman, so how could he, we call him up for Cohen? Exactly, that's the exact question. Right. So he says, because we have, the Gemara says we have something called chazaka. Chazaka rov bilos which we discussed in the past, which means we, it's based on assumption. Chazaka means normal married, we're talking about two married people, we could assume that if, even if this woman was, uh, was uh, doing some hanky-panky on the side, most of her intimate relations are going to be with her husband. You know, even if she has a, a boyfriend on the side. But the majority of her, of, her, of her intimate relations will be with her husband, and therefore uh, we, could, uh, we could rely that the pregnancy was from the husband. Okay. Wow, that's okay. That's the chaza- That's what the Gemara says. That's the chazak. Okay. Wow, it's beautiful. It's not beautiful <laughs> it's at not all. Beautiful. <laughs> you have a problem with that? Totally. So they were so much in love that statistically, he's likely to be the father. I understand, but the, if we're using to be no, no meaning it's concept. Chazak is If we want to be careful, careful why not what? use? Exactly. What else? Is, what During else do you want to be careful? So we're saying the, the utmost care is someone's life. That's all we really care about. That has to be perfect. Everything else is, you know, what's irrelevant. Getting called up for Aliyah. Let's go into two, isn't, three. To bridge the gap, it, the Torah is sort of saying that almost in everything you pray, uh, you, you name the person. Yeah. For their father. But this is the exception. You have to explain why the exception, not exactly. why you ordinarily yes. do it exactly. for the father. It sounds like the exception is created because of being more precise. At least someone said, I don't yes. know who said that. Yes, that's the, the some self Let's hear the other six. One second, not, yeah, I'm not even, I'm still agree. on the first one. Five. Still on the first one, one second. So now, <laughs> so says, the, the, Rabbi Yad Yosef says a nice word. He says like this. In the name of somebody's mother. <laughs> now, well, the, he says, he says this is dependent, this question might be dependent on the argument when we have this, this there's a concept called chazaka, um, the Torah many times, many doubts in halach, okay, and many times we rely on either two things the Torah tells you about, something called chazaka, something called rov, okay when rov, that means majority rules, let's say you don't know, you have nine kosher stores and, and one non-kosher store, you find a piece of meat in front of the stores, okay in the, in the mall, so you're allowed to eat it because of the majority, that means the Torah says you're allowed to eat this meat, even though I'm not sure if it's kosher not since nine of the stores are kosher I can rely on the majority, okay, that means statistically Torah is telling you, statistics will tell us what the facts are. 
That's what all statistics do. Statistics, the data tells us facts. That is truth. So the Torah is telling you, go with the majority. No, that's what I'm Operationally, wait, wait. this is how you roll no, the line. No, that's what I'm saying. I'm going to show you. Rove, most uh, authorities agree, is what's called a beer. That means data tells you facts. So the fact that the data is telling me this meat is probably kosher, it's kosher. Okay, not operationally. The other way, wait one second. Chazaka, chazaka means status quo. That means, uh, chazaka means you base it on the basic status. Status quo is most people in a marriage, the woman's going to get pregnant from the husband. That's what we're saying. The question is, is it operational or is it a fact? So no, that's really addressing your point. Just addressing your point. Meaning, is the fact, if this, is this halachic principle of, of Chazaka here, Rov Bilos, we have a Chazaka. It has, we have a Chazaka that tells us the majority of, of intimate relations is going to be with her husband, of pregnancies are going to be from her husband. So is that, as, as Shelley's putting it, is that operational, just telling you, okay, we don't know what to do? So Allah says you do X. We rely, we say it's from the husband. Or is it telling you a fact, that this, this is the daddy? Is it a beer? A beer means it's explaining what really happened, or is it just an operational outcome? That is, we don't know what to do, so you do X. Okay, so if you say, it's, you know, it's obviously if you're saying we're going with the mother, and he's literally addressing your point, and we're saying the mother is clearer than the father, that means what we're saying is, Chazak is not telling you what happened. It's not clear. It's just telling you, listen, we don't know who the daddy is. Okay, we're going to assume the daddy is, the, is not the mailman, is the, is the husband. And that's why we go with the mother. If you're saying the, it's a beer, so then it doesn't make sense. And what is, the Torah is right. telling you, this he is the daddy. Okay, you understand the two? That's what yeah. Awesome. But just, <laughs> right. you're, you're you gotta agree, it's awesome. You might not like it. You're saying about Rav and the nine kosher <coughs> butcher shops. You're saying that's not operational. But that's very troubling because data does not equal truth. You're saying data equals no, truth. Data does uh, not uh, equal uh, truth. Trump, or Republican, or Democrat? No, no, no. Look. We all operate, we all operate in the theoretical world of medical science. I mean, every day journals come out with data, and nobody believes you it. You might not know how to interpret the data. That's a different issue. Interpretation of the data, but, but listen, if the data says X, we believe in science. Telling statistics tell you, right? That's how insurance companies work. Statistics will tell you this is what's going to happen. Another company would give this would, with the same... You're right. So Numbers we have a problem. You know, who's funding? Data. Who's funding the studies? That's a different problem. Oh, it's data. Data. To equate data with truth is very problematic because there's so many faults and holes in data that to believe. You're right. That's the truth. But the halakha says Rove is a beer. You know, we could argue about it. Not operational. It's, it's a. a I'm right. agree that, that it needs right. That's it's what not. Oh, no, it's right. No, there's whole books written about Rove. Meaning that's why, by the way, if you have an interesting, just to show you how important this is, if you have a contradiction, sometimes between a Rove and a Chazaka. Let's say you you don't know what the story is in this case, whatever the case is, and then you have a majority telling you one thing, and the Chazaka is telling you a different thing. Status quo. So which one do you wear? So the the rule is the general rule is Rove overrides the Chazaka because Rove. He's not operational. Chazaka is operational. So is that very real? So you have five, speaking. five kosher butcher shops and four non-kosher butcher shops and you find a piece of meat, it's okay to eat. Yes. Uh, what yeah. do you say? Five. Yes. 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 Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Once 
Majority doesn't make a difference. What the numbers are. could be as long as fifty-one percent more. Chances. Rabbis don't have a problem. With By the way, another application like would be <laughs> another application. Um, listen, if it's wrapped in a Whataburger wrapper, you can't eat it. Okay, if it's wrapped in a Whataburger bag, you can't. Don't. I'm eating Whataburger because of my son. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't even think about. Um, there's another another thing is by the way that. Because people, you know, many times people say it's a suffix, you know, I don't want to get involved. So there's a, one opinion the Shulchan Aruch says it's prohibited to be more macro. So Torah is telling you this is the fact. So you can't say, well, because there's a doubt involved here, so you have a piece of meat, and there was a doubt about it. So I'm going to say, I'm not eating it, because even though the halacha says I can eat it, but listen, I don't want to take any chances. No, you're wrong, that you can't be firmer than God. God is telling you this is the fact. This is a kosher piece of meat. But as opposed to Chazaka, over there, God's not telling you it's a kosher piece. Allah is not telling you it's a kosher piece of meat. Therefore, in that case, I want to be machmer. I'm allowed. To understand the difference? Yeah, yeah that still sounds operational, not truth. It's like hey, they're declaring this is the way to go, but it doesn't sound Listen, like they're declaring it's the truth. Listen, I think in these days, truth is it's very well, widely. It's a big point, Yossi. <laughs> declaring yes, this is what we're going to do is not the same as declaring it's true. Was born from a woman. I hope she's born from a woman. We're now on. 2019. This may have been true in 15. Are you saying more women are having I'm affairs sorry, today? I don't. Well, you've got babies being made. Plus, that's a good question. That's an excellent this, question. Yes, IVF. Yeah, that's 100. percent We do use the data today too. That's a very important point. Yes. Okay, we have two minutes and we have seven, six more reasons. So let me just finish. Well, you're right. Six more reasons. Okay, next, reason number two. That was all reason one, number one. Okay, reason number two. It says, um, I don't remember who says this. I just wrote it down. I just typed it quickly this morning. That um, we, the whole idea is, is an interesting concept, also a little sexist against men, is that the idea, is, as the Gemara says, why do we want you to pray for Cholos? not Again, do we believe prayer works? Nah, 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 we're not sure. But the idea is empathy. The idea is when you need to, it's really the bottom line is prayer is very nice, but you need to take care of the chol. As we discussed many times, Beaker chol means you're going to check his charts, you're going to whatever he needs. If he needs, uh, you know, uh, uh, what's it called, ball, trust ball, he needs food, he needs his flowers. You have to take care of the chol's needs. The action is really more important. The tefillah, the way, and that's what it says, you have to see the chol, you have to go visit him is because Bikr means you have to figure out what his, what his needs are. Prayer is just a way, again, of, of bringing out the empathy. So he says that people identify more with the mother of a person when he's dead than the psychological thing, Rahmanus. than the father. Right. And therefore, when you're praying, you want to use the mother's name um, because it, it brings out more empathy. That's, another, that's reason number two. Num reason number three. So moving on. Right. Okay, this is, this is Ron's going to love this one. That uh, um, I told the rabbi he really liked. So he says that men, you know, again, it goes back to the merits issue, which we started with, which the Astros, is when you pray, you're praying in the merit that you, you know, how does prayer hopefully get answered? Is based on the merits of the person or on the merits of his ancestors. So women have less sin than men, do less sins. Right? So therefore, you want, if you, again, the purpose of the prayer is meritorious for the ill patient so you want to use his mother's name because the mother has a lot more schutim we assume than the father now the reason why is that not because first of all women are better that's one thing but but also that he mentioned specifically which is the part which, um, which is that first of all women as we know are exempt from mitzvah seishas man grama so therefore there's no they have less violations because those less those opportunity less obligation not going to less opportunity they have opportunities just less obligation yes and the second thing is bitul Torah which is that a man is obligated to study 24-7 
and any any second he's not studying he's, he's um, Torah he's a violation of this concept called Bittal Torah which is a great sin so therefore we want to mention the Shutim that's the Ben Yoya that says <laughs> every number four Wow. Oh, Give me some love, man. You guys make up. This you guys is like uh, number four. <laughs> okay, number four. There's a, there's a, <laughs> we see in, in uh, King David. Oh, so it could be this is related to really number three, which is that that um, or number two. Sorry, the empathy. Meaning King David. We see today. We said hello. It's Rosh So what does King David say in Psalms? Ani avdecha ben amatecha. I am your your servant, the son of your maidservant. Mentions. The mother, not the father. So you see that again. There's this. There's a greater connection between son. In and what context did David say that? Looking how old, right? and he's talking to God. He's praising God. He's, he's trying to show how great, you know, how good a Jew he is. I'm a help me out because I'm a servant, the son of your mate. He's invoking the merit. So he's invoking of his the merit of his mother again. And this is the Zohar mentions this in Pashas Lachlosha. He said here, number five. Um, the, the, again, the whole purpose, as we mentioned before, is is an interesting one, a, a politically correct version. He says like this, maybe, is that uh, the whole purpose of publicizing is people should pray. So you're going to publicize in shul. You're saying the right, the Mishabach, You're going to now say. So now some people, if their father wasn't Jewish, it's going to be embarrassment. You have to change the name. Like I had this this week, and again, sometimes you had. I had a wedding. I did a few uh, months ago. I officiated by where the brides father wasn't Jewish. The question is in the Ketubah, what do you do? Because when I read the Ketubah in public, if I put the, I can't put the father's name because he's not Jewish, technically, halachically speaking, we don't, he's not the father. You know, so you don't identify by her non-Jewish father. So you have to put the mother's name. But that's the embarrassment because you read the Ketubah in public and it was a Orthodox wedding, people actually understand sometimes what the Hebrew, so it's a problem. You're going to say the mother, people are going to go, what's going on here? So I, I called and asked the question about this. So he told me, you can put her... I do, I'm trying to remember. I think I put a stepfather's name, who was Jewish. But but the point is, again, you don't want to embarrass someone publicly. So therefore, because of the sensitivity of people who have non-Jewish fathers, so we just always go with the mother's name. Because obviously we're doing Mishmerach and Shul. The assumption is they're Jewish, their mother's Jewish, because they're Jewish. So the mother, you never have this way. You don't have to start changing it up if someone has a non-Jewish father. That's a, so uh, Bregman's not going to get this Mishmerach. Uh, <laughs> what do you say in Shmon Asri? What do you say in Shmon Asri when you're doing it silently? Use mother's name or the Yes, mother? whenever you're praying for ill, you always use the mother. So that doesn't fit with this, but but again, because public, the idea is to announce it publicly. This per pray for this ill person. Okay. It's only one of seven reasons. Okay, six. Because we're running out of time here. Six is so this is an interesting one, which is a little complicated, which is I happen to be studying this topic this week, so it's very nice. Which is that there's a there's a prohibition in Leviticus, Pasha Mr. chapter twenty two. I don't remember the verse, which states that you uh, a PETA a PETA law, one of the many um, we care about animals, laws in the Torah, which, um, beautiful laws, which is that that it says you're now to slaughter a mother, if, actually the words are mother and and uh, child on the same day of an animal. Let's say you have a farm and you have Daisy the cow, she has a calf, you cannot shech the mother and the calf on the same day. Okay, but now the Torah happens to use there, Torah says, uh, and, and, and the, according to some, Opinions, it's only mother and child, it's not father and child. Okay? Um, because, again, because his bad opinion says in the Talmud and Chulun, because ain't Choshen was Arab. Again, we're not, the father never counts, really. When it comes to genealogy, we, we don't, the, we, the father doesn't count. There's a connection 
genealogically with the mother and child, not the father. Father is just the burden and nest that you shoe off the Except mother. Except in the Torah. Except in the Torah. Yeah. The same thing. Comes the burden and nest that you shoe off the no, mother. No, this is bird. also from the Torah. This is the Torah. The Torah says only it's only prohibited to shecht. Again, it's it's a mechlokas and halacha. We pass can like, but there's two opinions. So in the why do you say the mishabarach in this reason? No, so he's saying therefore it's the mother. Who's, who so the, the Torah scribes? In this and case, the, the mother. Die on the same day. No, 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 no. We're just showing you this concept of ein choshen lezerah. That's the language Talmud says here. We're not, we're not uh, concerned about the father's seed. It's, it's irrelevant. Fathers, fathers are irrelevant the to the mother, lives of their children. The mother's much more attached to the sick person than the father. Yeah. But isn't the same thing with the bird? You have to shoo off the mother bird if you're going to take the egg, something like that. That only yes, the mother birth. Yes, the mother birth yes, specifically again, the mother. Yes, they do bring that very mm-hmm. good that connection. They do bring that connection, not to Mishabach, but to this other right. law of slaughtering. Okay, law, law number seven, because Ron's having an episode here. So let's go to number seven. Is the, this is again, maybe sexist, maybe not, depends on It says that um, there's a, the, in Parsh Tazriya, it also discusses, we discussed many times, remember, about how you choose the gender the past, um, you know, who comes first, whatever, the whole tomorrow we did many years ago. Right. Um, but but the, over there, the Gemara, based on the, on the Pasuk in the Torah, says, Isha Kisazria, Yalda Zachar, says something, discusses who, which uh, genes go to which, uh, which genes come from the mother, which genes mm-hmm. come from the father. This question of that, obviously doesn't necessarily fit with today's science. But one of the things it says very clearly is that all physicality the physical aspects of the baby come from the mother. The spiritual aspects, like the nisham, the, the nefesh, and stuff like that, TBGB stuff, come from the father. So, um, so therefore, he says that therefore, when we're praying for the sick, that's about physicality. It's about the body. So, the, since the prayer is about the physical aspects here, so we use the mother's name. When it's a, when we're praying for spiritual matters, we use the father's name.